You are listening to the ABC Business Show, where we help entrepreneurs make their dreams a reality. Here are your hosts, Kerry, Elise, and MJ. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. The information provided in this podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be considered as professional advice. My name is Kerry. I am one of the hosts here, along with MJ and Elise. Good morning, ladies. Anybody have any exciting news from the weekend? Well, you did. You had a great weekend. Why don't you tell our listeners what you did, Carrie? I was on some amazing training. Uh, it was called Unlocking the Wealth Code, the Turning Point. So it was with the Food Dog Group and Mike Aguilera and his team. If you remember, Mike was a guest back on our podcast. I think it was January, February time. So if you missed that podcast, I would highly recommend go back and listen to uh, Mike. And yeah, this training was amazing. It was 32 hours over three days. They were two 12-hour days and an eight-hour day yesterday. Um, so a lot of amazing information, just life-changing, you know, some awesome breakthroughs and just a, an amazing group of people. I think there were about 40 of us on the call over the weekend. So yeah, very, very calm. I'm a little tired today. When I woke up this morning, I was like, oh shoot, it's Monday. I got to go back to the office. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back. We're glad you're here. So, <laughs> yes. I don't feel like I've escaped this room for a long time. So Okay, so today we are going to be talking about balance sheets. I know it's probably one of those financial reports that not every business owner always looks at on a regular basis. And when they do look at it, they may not understand it as well. That is certainly something that I have come across in the 10 years of working with different clients. So uh, Elise is going to lead us through what is your balance sheet actually telling you? So Elise, what is our quote for the day? Our quote for the day is an oldie goldie. Um, many have heard it before. So it's revenue is vanity, profits are sanity, and cash is king. Like you said, an oldie but a goodie. That's one that will never go out of fashion. So all right, let's jump in. All right. So Elise, tell us about how the balance sheet helps steer a business. Well, we talked about understanding the balance sheet in an earlier podcast quite a while ago, number 29, I believe. So today we're going to discuss a simple way to understand how to dive a little deeper into using the balance sheet to guide you as the business owner. So for our listeners, again, take out your pen and pencil or your electronic notepad and jot down a few things for today. The main thing that I want you to keep in mind is your balance sheet your profit and loss and your cash flow statement and whatever other statements that you like to look at are literally tools. They're not um, an evaluation or telling you, you know, whether you're doing good or bad or whatever. They are to be used to help guide your decisions. And that's the main thing I want to keep in mind for today is that that's the purpose of what we're doing today. Absolutely. So can you explain to our listeners, at least like, why is this important? It's important for many things. A business owners like struggling one day and they're like, you know, I really, if I had a line of credit, that would really, really help me. Or I, I, my line of credit's maxed out and I can't, I need, I need the cash. What have you been relying on? What have you been doing? Well, your balance sheet will tell you number one, what is the strength of your company? And a lot of people scratch their head. What do you mean the strength of the company? I can read a balance sheet and tell you how strong you are. 
mm-hmm. um, whether you can make things happen or not make things happen and where your weak points are. The other thing is it drives liquidity, leverage, and efficiency. These are the three things that a business owner needs to learn to play the game with. And sometimes, you know, you go, well, I need this. You're lacking liquidity, you know, and then it's like, oh, I want to buy this machine and I can't do it. You're lacking leverage. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, why are things so slow? Why is this happening and that happening? That's your efficiency. All right. So what's the process then, Elise? Well, the process, um, you might want to write these down because these are kind of the things that drive um, uh, the business for you. So number one, you want to protect what you own. That's your um, policies, procedures to making sure that what you own, your cash, your assets, fixed assets, all the different things when you are the top area of the balance sheet, you need to protect those things. There are ways to do it. We'll talk about a few of them shortly. Next thing is you want to collect your receivables. Okay, well, that sounds easy. Okay, great. It is easy unless you lack policies for collecting that receivables. Because if you're not doing it and someone else is doing it, then you have to set up a program on how you want those collected and what agreements that you have made on payments. Then the next thing is, is you pay only bills that are due. Mm-hmm. You always want to work the angle of those payables. And um, then the fun thing regarding that is you always want to spend less than what you make. What well, a concept. How can you... Of course, it's so true. So um, spending less than you make, if you just start there. Yes. That will help a lot on what you're trying to make accomplish, what you're trying to get done. And then what you want to do is learn what to push to improve your profits. And this is where the balance sheet comes in to really help you understand or to look and see, wow, I need to push on this and I need to push on that. And then all of a sudden your cash changes your liquidity position changes, everything changes with you pushing just one or two things. So it's really fun to use these reports to make good decisions and drive your uh, decision-making so that you are where you want to be. Can I comment on that last one? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite things to do as a business coach is to dissect this, go granular on what it is that's really bringing in the best return, you know, the best revenue, mm-hmm. because uh, oftentimes in businesses, there are several different sources for revenue in the company. And when you look at it just at a very high level, you can only, you, you assume sometimes that some things are better bottom line profit than others. So you'll have like a, my, my favorite example is somebody who was a kitchen renovator and they were focused on the custom end of their business because it was such a big revenue at the end of each job. But in reality, it took so much manpower because of the skill that was needed. It wasn't the best revenue flow for them out of all of their different lines of, of cabinets that they do. It actually ended up being more of a box cabinet 
that came ready to assemble that brought them the most money in the, you know, after all the payroll was paid. So, you know, I think that it's awesome that you're teaching this today because that is the first eagle eye view, right? You get up there and you, and you look down on your company's numbers and get an eagle eye view. And then we have other tools then to take a more granular in order to be able to kind of steer the ship in the right direction so that you have the thing that's bringing the most money in the most cash, right? ultimately mm-hmm. is what you're focused on pushing. Right. And this, um, the balance sheet, although it's a snapshot, it's at a one point in time. What has occurred there is the timing of things. So when you're looking at timing of things, that's where things start adding up. You go, how come when I do this big job, it takes me 90 days to collect my money. Right. Well, there's a cost to those 90 days. Mm-hmm. So we look at job cost and things like that, but it took you 90 days. What about the job that took you 30 days to turn it? You did the job, you collected the money and you moved on. Who, where's the bigger profit? MJ, you just said, where's the bigger profit? It's the turnover. It is the timing. Cash is king and profits are sanity. So you're absolutely right. And a lot of times people can't see that. Um, And this, this is for today. This is what we're doing today for you guys. So you want to push everything timing wise, so that you benefit. And a lot of business owners get that that's, it's like, duh, but it works. It really works. When you examine that balance sheet and understand what it's saying, you know what to push. And um, there's some policies and procedures we'll, you know, talk about some of that later. But, um, you know, these are basic fundamental processes you want to work every day. Yeah, and I think the balance sheet is one of those reports that has so much information. But when people don't know how to read it, then they just glance through the numbers, think like, okay, everything looks good, and then just move on without really digging deep into what they mean. And, uh, you know, and I love, you know, when you said that snapshot, I, the way I explain it to my clients is think about, you know, you're taking a photo with a camera. And when you take a photo with your camera, you get that second in time of everybody's position, their smile, their movement and everything. And it snaps it at that second. And that's what your balance sheet is like, because it is changing all the time, because you can look at your balance sheet. And then five minutes later, it can look different because somebody just went and posted a payment they just received you know, from a client. So it's something that's moving all the time, but it's just, there's so much information. And, you know, I've got the one client that I know I've talked about before, whose AP is higher than his AR significantly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just had never hit him before as to, you know, what those numbers looked like, what they were telling him. And that was one of the first things I looked at and, you know, that jumped off the page at me when I saw it. And I'm like, do you understand the implications of you owing your vendors $300,000 more than what you are owed by your customers? Right. I'm like, that is a huge impact on your business. And, uh, you know, I know you guys can't see Elise because we're on a podcast, but you know, she has got a head in her hands of like, oh my gosh. And it's one of those things where if you are keeping an eye on your balance sheet every single week as to where your numbers are at on your AP and AR, you can avoid getting to that place. You know, this guy was taking advantage of, hey, I don't have to pay my vendor for 90 days. He was getting paid by his customers in 30 days. And then that money was gone 
by the time that it came to pay the vendor. And yep. so, you know, he has a huge uphill battle now to turn that around. But mm-hmm. who knows the impact that could have had on him if he was looking at his balance sheet every single week. And I just think that's one report that is everyone's like profit, profit, profit. And it's like, well, yeah, that's great. What's behind all of that? You know, that's, that's right. the, the key right. that people need to be looking at. So mm-hmm. you are spot on with that, Carrie. That is so true. And it's amazing because you're not monitoring your business. You're not monitoring your balance sheet. You're just going with the flow, mm-hmm. you know, and taking, you know, again. Mm-hmm. no policy, no policy or procedure. So what are the ramifications of taking 90 days? It's the same thing. We talked the opposite with the job. Here's a job that takes you 90 days to complete and 90 days to collect your money. What did it cost you for those 90 days? Did you make enough profit to cover everything for 90 days? It's a, you know, it's really, really, really cool. But learning how to look at that balance sheet before you change a policy or take advantage of a policy is really, really smart. And um, your person will turn it around if they're <laughs> determined. And um, so it makes yeah, and a I think big... another, an interesting part as well is that People can sometimes be so quick to pay their vendors because their vendors are calling them and saying, hey, you have an invoice overdue. And there's that fear factor. I'm like, okay, I got to pay them. And so they go pay them, but then not looking at like, okay, did my client pay me already for that? Mm-hmm. And they're not making those calls to their customers that may be over 30 days as well. So it's, you know, I've got one client who is so quick paying their vendors and I'm like, whoa, I'm just like, I know. Mm-hmm. And then the staff are scared to death about getting behind. And it's like, it comes down to communication. Like, you know, if you're communicating with the vendor, hey, I have a check going out next week. But this one company, they were paying so many of their payables before they were actually due. And she, oh, well, it's going to take five days for the check to get there. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's not the way that you need to be thinking. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm all for paying vendors on time, but don't be paying vendors early and, you know, taking into, you know, going to the extreme almost. And so um, it was interesting because I was like, wow, this is the first time I've come across a company this big that pays its vendors early or even on time because a lot of people you know, will push them. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yep. it's, it's calling those you know, people that owe you those are the phone calls you need to be making Mm -hmm. because that has such an impact on those balance sheet numbers. If you maybe want to talk a little bit more on, on that, Elise. They, um, what is interesting is that in the construction industry, which, you know, we're round and everything, there are some vendors, especially specialized ones. You have to pay. They don't care whether you've collected your job or anything. They're like, we are, you want to use us? This is our rule. So Mm -hmm. these agreements that you make with your vendors, the same agreements you make with your customers, you want to make sure that those agreements kind of line up, right? And then if if you have an agreement with your customer that you're going to deliver whatever it is you're doing by such and such a time, do your payables line up with that? Are they close, mirroring each other? So the snapshot, the awesome snapshot is what business owners really like to see every single day or every couple of days. Where do you stand on your receivables? Where do you stand on your payables? And what cash have you received this month, year to date? And I have seen by putting that into certain businesses, 
that a business owner can constantly drive profits and make good decisions regarding any of those areas. And those are all balance sheets. And when they look at the balance sheet, they go, "Uh uh-huh, I know exactly what I'm looking at. So it is, um, you know, it is a bit of scheduling your policies and procedures and agreements that you make so that the timing works for your business. You know who you want to work with. You know who your vendors are. You know your customers' demands. And you put that all together in one sequence that works for you. That is a huge point. And you know, just want to emphasize that to our listeners that if a vendor needs a large deposit off you, you don't have to be the bank for your customer to pay that. That's when you go to your customer and you get the large deposit up front from them as well. There's so many businesses that are just footing that bill. Oh, I got to pay this large deposit. Like, no, if, if the customer is wanting that particular you know, glass or you know, whatever it might be, um, and I, I use glass just because that's something that we came across in our renovation, that, yeah. you know, the vent, the glass vendor, because it was a product that was four weeks on you know, order, that they wanted a large deposit up front. And so, you know, our home remodeler came to us and said, hey, this is how much I need. And, you know, I, I said, absolutely, you know, here's my payment information and I paid. I wasn't going to allow that vendor to have to foot that bill. They're not my bank. That's and right. so it's something that I think sometimes company owners are just too afraid to ask for a bigger deposit from their customers. And I think that just ties up cash flow for no reason. So I think that's something, and particularly in construction, um, where you know, Elise and I work a lot, that's something you really, really need to make sure you're passing that on. Don't be eating that up and being a bank for your customer. Yeah. And I, I love this conversation. This is such a great topic, Elise, because it's all strategy, yes. you know, whether it's, you know, passing through, not being the bank for your customer, like Carrie said, it's the timing on your AR, you know, it's amazing how just the smallest tweaks in strategy can increase the liquidity of a business. So what a great topic. What are some typical questions and concerns that people have about this? Some of the typical questions are, um, does your cash on hand cover your bills for three to six months? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. It is so important. It's so important. And one of the recommendations that I make to my clients that we're doing what we call formal financial statements for reporting on them Uh is that whatever you do, I always give them a target. I want X amount of dollars of cash sitting on the balance sheet when we do your financial statements and they wiggle and they struggle and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about, I need to pay the bills so I can get a tax deduction. And I'm like, no, you want to have a statement that shows performance. Don't let the, one of the things Keith Cunningham talks about is that do not let your financial statements have absolutely nothing to do with taxation. They are about performance. Yes. And if your business is not performing and generating cash flow, cash coming back into your bank at a positive rate, then you are going to be exactly where Carrie was talking about the guy with the payables out the roof. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. That's great. And, um, and then, you know, your, your payables, um, one of the biggest, um, things that need to be monitored is one is your policy and two, that you are approving, you approve those payables 
You know who your vendors are and you approve the payment of those payables. Don't let turn it loose and say, oh, I've got an AP person that this is what they do. They pay the bills. Right. Well, what are they operating off of? You know, and then um, the other one is, do you know your AR and who owes you? So AR meaning your receivables and look hard at anything that's sitting in 60, 90 and 120, you're dead. If those have not been paid, the likelihood of you being able to collect them is very slim. And that is a liability, not an asset. Right. And so one of those things is like, wait a minute, but I have someone owes me this doesn't matter. If it gets way out there and you have the likelihood of collecting that is smaller and smaller and smaller, you're in trouble. And I have seen business owners run their business into huge profits by just watching these three simple things. Yeah. A lot of times my business owners will say to me, I hate nagging. I hate calling and nagging for them to Mm. pay And I tell them it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. And you know what? (laughs) If, if you have the leverage and there's somebody in your office that doesn't mind, like my assistant loves it. She, she like, it's like a personal victory when she collects something that we've been unable to collect. She absolutely loves it. She comes in all excited. Guess what I collected today. So, you know, Mm -hmm. there's people out there that love this. This is, this is a challenge to them and they don't mind being the squeaky wheel. And that just keeps the company humming. That's so true. I have, um, one of my old favorite bookkeepers are, um, she would say, comment to me, I'd be looking at the balance. She says, now, let me tell you, I know I have all this cash on the street. And I'm like, on the street? What does that mean? And she <laughs> says, it's out there. You know, it's out there all over the place. And I need to gather it all in. And she gets the biggest win every time she says, well, the big check is on its way. Oh, it's awesome. You know, I always say to my clients, as soon as they start getting past 30 days, that's when you need to start making the call. Don't wait for it to get to 60. Start calling right after that. And, you know, and just to, I think MJ, you said, you know, people don't like to call. They don't want to feel like they're bothering people. It's like you've provided a product or a service to them. You know, that money rightfully belongs to you. You are kind enough to offer them terms and not make them prepay uh, right. before you deliver the product. So, no, it's not about, oh, I, I feel bad calling and chasing for money. That money is yours. And the longer that you have it sitting out there is, you know, who's it hurting? It's hurting you and your business. So don't feel bad on collecting what is yours. Like make the phone call, be nice about it. You don't have to be a pain, but just start those phone calls. The sooner you start them, the sooner that money comes in and the less likely you're going to hit that 60, 90. And like Elise said, you hit 120 you're going to face a bigger uphill battle than anything else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I I think the thing to remember is it's not just about you. It's not just you making money, making profit. You're supporting families. Chances are a lot of our listeners have employees. They got to pay payroll and those people have children and they have house payments to make and uh, car payments to make. So, you know, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You're absolutely 100% correct on that. And the majority of my business owners, when you really interview them and talk to them and you say, what is your number one priority? And it is taking care of their employees. 
they treat them like family. Yeah. Awesome. Lots of great information there, Elise. Thank you for sharing. If you are not looking at your balance sheet on a regular basis, at least once a month, and when it comes down to your AR and AP, you should be looking at it more frequently than that, then you know, that's something you need to put on your calendar. Make that a priority for you and for your business. So Elise, what do you have our, as our closing tip for the week? The closing tip for the week is from Keith Cunningham, one of my favorite authors. He says, to be sustainable, your business must produce positive cash flow from operations of the business. Absolutely. Amen. So true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, We hope you got a lot of valuable information out of that. Uh, If you are not following us on Apple and Spotify, then go ahead and give us a like there and go find us on Facebook as well. We have a Facebook page on there, the ABC Business Show, where we are posting every day about the uh, the upcoming uh, podcast the following week and also giving you a little 30 second snippet preview as well. So keep an eye on that page. We appreciate you listening and don't forget to share us with your friends, other business owners that you know uh, that you think would benefit from the information that we are sharing every week. We will be back next week and our next topic is uh, number overwhelm. So we're still staying on the whole uh, the numbers topic, but that's because it's such a critical part of your business and to the success. So make sure you join us then. We'll see you next time. Bye. You have been listening to the ABC Business Show with Kerry, Elise, and MJ. Make sure you tune in next week.